welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for March the 12th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry five days a week, Monday through Friday, right here on YouTube and podcast services around the world. So if you enjoy the show, you like what you see, be sure to hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But today we have a scathing report coming out about Naughty Dog. Apparently, the studio is still in the midst of crunch culture, even with the delay of The Last of Us Part 2. We'll talk more about that right now. When The Last of Us Part 2 was delayed, crunch continued unabated rather than subsiding, according to a report on the game's developer. In a wide-ranging report on crunch culture at Naughty Dog, of course, the studio behind Uncharted, The Last of Us, and other famous games, Kotaku spoke to anonymous developers at the studio who discussed the effects of the game's delay from February to April, the main point being that crunch would not subside as a result of the extra development time. One developer explained, people thinking the extension is somehow to relieve stress or the workload on the team are wrong. The first thing that they wanted to reiterate is that we are not slowing down the pace." End quote. The report does make clear that some Naughty Dog staff were apparently relieved that the game was delayed from its February release date as it would have been a mess at the time. It also makes clear that many at Naughty Dog are in favor of, or at the very least accept, the crunch at a studio famous for its perfectionism. A developer said, that's one of the reasons crunch always happens here. People are given the freedom to keep working longer, to push the envelope of what they are working on, to make things just 10% better. It's what the studio looks for when hiring people. At the time of the delay, creative director Neil Druckmann said the delay was because the game was not yet Naughty Dog quality. He added, While we are relieved that we won't have to compromise our vision, we are disappointed that we were not able to avoid this exact situation. We wish we could have foreseen the amount of polish we needed, but the size and scope of this game got the better of us. We hate disappointing our fans, and for that, we are sorry. It is not the first time we have heard of a delay leading to sustained crunch this year. CD Projekt Red publicly explained that developers would still have to crunch, quote, to some degree, after Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed to September. Crunch, a term for sustained overtime during development, particularly when close to release, has become a hot topic in the games industry in recent years, with the likes of Rockstar, NetherRealm, and Epic Games all criticized for their working culture. The new Telltale Games was set up with a goal of non-crunch work environment, and Nintendo has publicly said it won't release games before it's ready and even delay it, partly because it wants to focus on the health of its employees. So the original report comes to us from Kotaku, and if you do want to give it a read, it is very lengthy. Of course, I didn't want to go through this entire uh, feature article, really, on today's show. You can read it for yourself and get the full in-depth breakdown. Uh, But I've been keeping up with the conversation on Twitter as well, and I must admit uh, that it seems like things at Naughty Dog are a bit different than what we've seen at other companies at least directly. I think that crunch culture as a whole is by and large the same across the board, but I was thinking of a way that I could delicately explain my perspective on this situation, and I think the best way to do it is to talk about my own experience with overtime and with crunch, Uh, because I've never been in game development, but one of the first jobs that I had out of college, actually the first job I had out of college, uh, was one that simply overworked its employees, and whenever they were hiring for these positions, that was one of the main factors that they looked for in a future employee. Are 
Are you willing to work overtime? Are you willing to work potentially stretches of seven to 10 days, maybe even more than that? Are you willing to regularly every day work minimally a 10 hour shift? Are these things you're okay with? If so, then we will proceed. Of course, for a lot of people coming right out of college, the answer, yes, absolutely. I just want the chance. And I think that's kind of the situation that you have here with Naughty Dog, because one report on Twitter said that one of the reasons that development of The Last of Us Part Two took so long is because seasoned veterans aren't wanting to work for Naughty Dog anymore. They aren't the best on the block because they don't treat their people with respect, and so Naughty Dog has been forced to fall back on less experienced employees, young people trying to get their foot in the door, trying to do something big, or people that look at Naughty Dog and think that is a game studio that I idolized growing up, that I played every title they released. It would be amazing to work there, and so they get on board even though they don't necessarily have the pedigree to warrant being there quite yet. And so all of that to say, I understand the idea of hiring people that are willing to work overtime, but that does not make it healthy. That doesn't make it an acceptable working condition. Uh, now, I understand that concessions have to be made in every industry. I work overtime uh, throughout the week occasionally not on the regular anymore. Thankfully, I have a much better job now, uh, but I do understand it's part of a lot of work cultures, and that's not necessarily something that's healthy, but especially now when you're working upwards of 55, 60, or even 65 plus hours out of the week, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, now, again, it comes down to who Naughty Dog wants to hire, how they want their culture to be, and that's kind of applicable across the board. Uh, but reports do suggest that Rockstar has improved their culture since reports came out that they did, in fact, uh, rely heavily on crunch. And so perhaps shining some light on Naughty Dog and showing off what exactly they're doing behind closed doors would, in fact, benefit the company overall and maybe push it in a better direction, uh, one that treats its employees with a bit more respect. Uh, now, of course, with this come talk of of, you know, uh, what do you call boycotting The Last of Us Part Two? And of course, I don't know how much that will take off, but it certainly is revealing uh, to see that one of the most respected studios in the entire gaming industry is also part of the problem. Just something to consider, something that's very interesting to say the least. I would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section on the YouTube video, or you can always hit me up on Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy, and we can dive deeper into that. However, Call of Duty Warzone has racked up 6 million players in its first 24 hours. The new Battle Royale mode for Call of Duty Modern Warfare has been popular and not just with the Engadget editors. According to Activision, after 24 hours, the game has already seen some 6 million players across various platforms. We will have to wait a few days to see if that number keeps growing as it attempts to match or exceed the pace of previous Fortnite challengers like Apex Legends, which announced 10 million players after three days. Given the current situation, keeping many people home unexpectedly, it seems reasonable that the numbers will continue to climb. As Matt Bryan explained, the game adds a lot of new wrinkles to the Battle Royale formula, and while it does have some kinks to work up, it should pull some fans away from other games in the genre. I do believe that we could be seeing some record-breaking figures here. Uh, you have to think about the power of the name Call of Duty and just the the power of this image. Of course, if you're watching the video version of the, of the show, you'll just see uh, that it's three relatively generic-looking Call of Duty individuals with the Warzone logo down here at the bottom and the Modern Warfare icon. That's candy right there. That is what people want to see. I know for a fact it's what people want to see because it's something that I would want to see if I wasn't necessarily deeply involved in the gaming industry. Uh, and so to see a free to play 
Battle Royale set in the Call of Duty universe that has the mechanics of Modern Warfare and is connected to Modern Warfare, it's absolutely something that I'm going to be getting in on. I say that as somebody who is currently playing the game and on top of that, I'm saying that from the perspective of somebody who would be totally on top of this, again, even if I didn't have a gaming news podcast and knew exactly what this was going to be. If I was just perusing the store and saw free Call of Duty, it's an instant download, instant play for me. Would I stick around? That's yet to be seen. Of course, on top of that, I've seen streamers also being pretty fond of the new Warzone game mode. I think a lot of people are going to be maining this as their go-to battle royale, at least for a while. And I think that right now it is better received than Black Ops 4's Blackout. But we will have to see what happens in the course of the next few days. Of course, these numbers are definitely uh, being taken in a different kind of situation because of the fact that you do have uh, the coronavirus keeping a lot of people home from work, a lot of work from home situations on top of that, a lot of people just simply not going to school, not going to work, not really wanting to do anything for fear of spreading this little plague we've got going on around. Uh, so. Call of Duty Warzone definitely launching at a very good time, at least in terms of its success. However, speaking of success, CD Projekt Red is working on its next game after Cyberpunk 2077, but it's not The Witcher 4. It's either a Witcher or a Cyberpunk game, according to the CEO. CD Projekt Red has begun development on its next game following Cyberpunk 2077, according to CEO Adam Kasinki. Ooh, I, I massacred that game. Uh, CEO Adam Kaczynski? I'm going to go with Kaczynski. Speaking in Poland, Kaczynski said the team is already working on its next single-player game. He didn't specify what exactly the new project is, but noted that there are two worlds in which CD Projekt Red wants to create games, the Cyberpunk and Witcher universes. Kaczynski was clear on what the game is not, however. Quote, I already said there will be no The Witcher 4, he said, as reported by Eurogamer. I clearly said that Witcher was a trilogy. Simultaneously, we have always emphasized that we want to create Witcher games, and the agreement with The Witcher creator Andrzej Sapkowski confirmed our rights. In December 2019, CD Projekt Red signed a new licensing agreement with Sapkowski after he had demanded more than $16 million in unpaid royalties from the developer. It's already working, but we don't want to commit to it yet, Kaczynski said. We'll start working on this game right after Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk 2077 was originally slated for an April 16th release, but CD Projekt Red delayed the game until September the 17th. It will be released on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One, as well as Google Stadia. And on Tuesday, studio head Adam Badowski said on Twitter that CD Projekt Red had submitted Cyberpunk 2077 to age rating agencies around the world. And of course, Polygon has reached out for more information as to what the team will be working on next. So neat. I don't believe we're going to be going directly back into cyberpunk. Of course, the first thing that came to mind halfway through this article was this is the multiplayer component for cyberpunk 2077, which is going to essentially be its own standalone game. But the, of course, leader did clarify, hey, uh, this is a brand new single player game. So it sounds like we're going to be getting something of an Arkham Origins in a way to The Witcher, if you will. Uh, something that is set in the universe, but not directly in the bloodline, if you will, of the first three mainline games. I'm excited about that. I think that being able to tell stories within a universe is a very powerful storytelling tool. Uh, I mean, for instance, think about the Joker movie that came out in 2019. Uh, that was not a mainline Batman movie. That was not a mainline DC Comics movie in a way. That was somewhat of a spinoff, if you will. It was a story that was told within its own bubble that didn't necessarily interact with any other components of the campaign, of the story, whatever you want to call it, the timeline 
timeline, if you will. Uh, and so that proves that, of course, you know, tons of side stories exist within these worlds and it could totally work with The Witcher 4 as well or whatever the new Witcher game is going to be. Definitely not The Witcher 4. Uh, but the fourth Witcher game is indeed coming, and on top of that, it will be coming at some point in the future if it is not the immediate project coming after Cyberpunk 2077. But regardless, very excited for both of these games because CD Projekt Red has proven to be an industry leader over the past few years. However, an all-time classic, Blade Runner, is being remastered. In a year when everything's turning a little cyberpunk, there really couldn't be better timing for a restoration of point-and-click adventure Blade Runner. Well, guess what's happening? Thanks to a partnership between Alcon Entertainment and Night Dive Studios, Blade Runner will be making its way to the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Steam sometime later this year, as revealed by The Hollywood Reporter. Night Dive Studios previously restored System Shock and Turek Dinosaur Hunter via its Kex game engine, so Blade Runner Enhanced Edition should be in pretty safe hands. Made by developer Westwood in 1997, the Blade Runner game is based on the 1982 Ridley Scott film, but is not a direct adaptation, although some of the film's characters and locations do appear in the game. The story follows Detective Ray McCoy as he tracks down replicants across 2019 Los Angeles in a largely randomized adventure. The fact that a restoration is possible may come as a surprise to some. In 2015, Westwood Studios co-founder Lewis Castle said the original source code had been lost during the company's relocation to LA in 2003. Yet Night Dive has managed to painstakingly reverse engineer the code and import it into the Kex engine, Night Dive head of business development told The Hollywood Reporter. As part of the restoration, Blade Runner Enhanced Edition will feature updated character models, animations and cutscenes, widescreen resolution support, and keyboard and controller customization options. Blade Runner is still a jaw-dropping achievement on every level, so while we are using Kex to upgrade the graphics and respectfully elevate the gaming experience in a way you've never seen before, we are still preserving Westwood's vision and gameplay in all of its glory, Night Dive CEO Stephen Kick said. While you can enjoy the benefits of playing the game on modern hardware, the game should look and feel not as it was, but as glorious as you remember it being. Last year, community efforts managed to make Blade Runner playable on modern PCs, a project which eventually helped GOG listed for sale in December. If you are wondering what all the fuss is about, I would recommend checking out our retrospective on Blade Runner and see why it's considered a classic, says the author at Eurogamer. So the one point that I want to drive home with this story is the fact that this is a phenomenal achievement in terms of historic, uh, I suppose, uh, categorization, uh, cataloging, whatever you want to call it, preservation. There's the word that I'm looking for, historic preservation of an icon in gaming. Uh, because although it might not necessarily be the most popular game ever created, being able to save a game that was ultimately lost to history is something that is a phenomenal achievement that a lot of people that are passionate about the origins of the gaming universe are going to be very happy to have in their collection. Uh, to be able to access these age-old games even if they are a bit modernized, on modern hardware is a phenomenal advantage when it comes to seeing where gaming has come and also cataloging where things began with, the origins, if you will, of the modern gaming industry that we have today. So if you do want to play Blade Runner Enhanced Edition, it's coming out on the PS4, the Xbox One, the Switch, and the PC via Steam later on this year. And on top of that, if you're saying, hey, what's Blade Runner? Who you need to watch that movie. It's on Netflix. Very, very good. Finally, to round out today's show, LEGO has some new sets that put Super Mario Maker in the real world. LEGO Super Mario is neither a video game nor a traditional LEGO brick-based set. 
Lego and Nintendo feel like a perfect match. The pair's first official partnership is more than a basic license set, though. The aptly named Lego Super Mario will come in a chunky version of the plumber, one that's larger than a standard Lego minifigure. With a couple of switches on his back and some digital displays that represent his eyes, mouth, and a chest area above his blue overalls. You will then be able to build and play through classic levels from the Mushroom Kingdom that feature Goombas, Piranha Plants, and Question Blocks. Somehow Mario will know what they are and react accordingly when you mock up and stomp on them. How does this interactive set work? For now, Lego and Nintendo are staying hush-hush on the details. Look closely though and you'll notice Mario's Bluetooth button and some special Lego pieces that resemble RFID tags. The new product we created together with the Lego group seeks to combine two different styles of play, Takashi Tezuka said, of course, an executive officer and game producer at Nintendo. One where you will freely build the world of Mario and the other where you play with Mario in the very world that you have created. The LEGO Group's Julia Golden added, By seamlessly incorporating the latest digital technology, LEGO Super Mario is a highly social, interactive, and collaborative experience for kids. The first LEGO Super Mario sets will launch later this year for an unspecified price. The product line, which while undoubtedly will be unique, won't be the first inspired by a video game property. The LEGO Group has already created some Minecraft-themed sets, which make perfect sense given the game is already about blocks and Blizzard squad-based shooter Overwatch. Now, right off the bat, so glad that this isn't a Mega Bloks set because Mega Bloks are trash. Just wanted to put that energy out into the world. But I will also say, not necessarily what I expected. I'm not big on the giant uh, digital Mario. Just not my thing. Uh, if I wanted to have a Lego set featuring Mario, I'd kind of just want to have a classic kind of Mario setup. Uh, something that resembles probably 3D Super Mario Land, something along those lines. Uh, but I do like the idea of combining more technology, maybe excuse me, inserting some Bluetooth into the situation. That was really gross, wasn't it? Uh, maybe inserting some Bluetooth into the situation here could be neat, uh, but overall, very strange choice, and I don't know that it will sell that well, but then again, I'm not the target demographic. I'm not a kid, and I'm probably never gonna buy this unless I have kids because by then they'll probably be grown out of this entire uh, Lego thing altogether, and hopefully they'll uh, be playing with, I don't know, Teslas. Let's just say you, you, you're born and you drive a Tesla. That's the world of 2040. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, if you're a fan of Lego, guess what? Super Mario Maker coming your way, at least in the form of Lego Super Mario, if you did want to dive in and give it a go. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about today's stories, including, of course, the crunch at Naughty Dog on top of Warzone hitting 6 million players in 24 hours, and of course, CD Projekt's next big game. Would love to hear your thoughts, but until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.